Welcome everyone to First Baptist Church of Shakota's audio sermon. My name is Jeff Holt. I'm the student pastor here. In the month of March here at First Baptist Church, we're going to be focusing our efforts on helping the Northern American Mission Board, or NAM, as they continue in their strides to help missionaries in North America. We do this through the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. The offering helps those in North America start up new churches, have resources in their efforts to advance the gospel, and so much more. Our goal here at the church is $3,800, and we have hit this goal every year for the last decade. I do believe that we can hit this goal again. You can go online to shakotafbc.com slash giving to give today, or you can come up to the church office and give here or in the next time you're at church during our worship times. In today's audio sermon, Pastor Steve continues in his series based on the seven great sayings of Jesus while he was on the cross. This week, Steve focuses on the assurance of salvation. When on the cross, the criminal asks Jesus to remember him in paradise, and then Jesus replies to him, on this day you will be with me in paradise. Pastor Steve is going to be preaching from Luke chapter 23, verses 39 through 43. Um, Hey, grab your Bibles. Let's go to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Easter is about five weeks away. And um, we've been talking about the the last words that Jesus spoke on the cross. They were not his last words because he was resurrected. He came back and said a lot of things after after the cross. He spoke to um, uh, over 500 people and said a lot. But before he died on the cross is his last words. Last week we talked about our guilt, the guilt that we carry around in us and, and uh, we need to uh, let go of that guilt because guilt brings fear into our life and fear holds us back from really the, the life that God wants us to live. And, and uh, so today we're talking about words of assurance, Jesus speaking words of assurance and we're going to look at Luke chapter 23 verse 39 It's where we're going to start. So read with me if you would. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Now, I don't know if you know, but the mortality rate has hit an all-time high. It's 100%, okay? That's a joke because all of us are going to die, guys. I mean, we're not getting out of this, this life alive unless King Jesus comes back and splits the eastern sky. But if, if, if Jesus doesn't come back for another two, 300 years, listen, everybody in this room is going to die. So it is silly. It is silly knowing that all of us are going to die and we not prepare for the next life. One reason people don't prepare is they believe that this is all that there is, and that's just absolutely not true. There, there, is, there is a life after this, and we need to prepare ourselves for that. And that's what the criminal does while he's hanging on the cross. It is foolish to spend your whole life being unprepared for something that you know that's going to happen. And listen, you're not ready to live until you're ready to die. And you're not ready to die until you have given your heart to Jesus Christ. You're just not ready to live till you're ready to die. And you know that we're all going to die unless the second coming comes. And if that comes and you're still not ready to die, then you're not going with the church anyway. So you need to prepare your heart. Now, let me tell you that before you were ever created, before you're ever formed in your mother's womb, God knew that today you would hear this message. God knew you would be here. And so just listen like you've never listened before. Listen like your life depends on it because it actually really does, okay? And just just block out the problems of tomorrow and the things of yesterday 
and the attitudes that we carry in here and the disgust and, and, and the animosity that we have for other people sitting in this room and for even me, whatever your case may be. But listen, I'm just telling you, you need to hear today like your life depends on it because it really, really does, okay? So the words of assurance are simply this. Two thieves hanging on the cross and Jesus hanging on the cross with them. What must the thieves know to be saved and what must you know to be saved? There are many things that, that we can know about Jesus Christ, but what, what is the essential things that we know? What must we know? Number one is this. I must know that I will face God when I die. I must know I will face God when I die. The thief knew that. Now listen, the two thieves hanging on the cross, they probably were not very educated. You know, they, they, were, they were street smart. They were probably street rats. They were criminals. We don't know exactly what they did. The Bible doesn't tell us that, but whatever they did, it, it, it ended up with their life, them hanging on a cross in, uh, on either side of the Son of God. They're hanging there. And the one thief began to hurl insults at Jesus Christ. Listen, he was legendary by the time they get to the cross. Everybody knew who he was. His fame had spread in the Galilean ministry that he had up through Jerusalem and, and into Bethlehem. And I mean, his fame had, had, had spread, uh, uh, just uh, spread across the plain of Sharon. Everybody knew and had heard of a guy named Jesus Christ. And he was a miracle worker. He would heal the blind. He would raise the dead. He would cause the lame to walk. He, he could do that. And so these two thieves hanging there knew who he was. They knew his name. But the one thief hurled insults at him saying, hey, listen, you know, you, you save other people. Why don't you save yourself? And while you're at it, why don't you save us too? And the other thief, not being educated, not knowing much, said, hey, dude, you're about to meet God. In the next few minutes, you, you could meet God. Aren't you afraid? See, he knew enough. He knew that I must know that when, when I die, I will face God. When you die, you will face God and give an account for your life. It'll happen. It's an appointment you can't cancel. It's an appointment you can't change the time on. It's already set in stone. God knows the time. God knows the hour. God knows when you're going to be there. You can't change that. So it's already set. It's silly. Guys, it's silly to go throughout life and not prepare for something you know that's going to happen. Amen. When a hurricane is coming on, on the Florida coast... Floridians get out with their, their plywood and they cover up their windows. Why? Because they know a storm is coming. It would be silly if they sit there and go, nah, I don't think it's really going to happen. And then a hurricane comes and it blows their windows in, it floods their home, it destroys their house. It would be silly for them not to prepare. It would be silly for you not to prepare here in Chicago, Oklahoma, if the, if the tornado sirens went off. And they said, it's spotted coming over I-40. Travis Meyer, who we had yesterday, did an outstanding job. But if Travis Meyer's on, 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 on Channel 6 saying, listen, Shakota, it's coming your way. It's on the ground. It's, over. it's coming over 40. It's headed east. It's going to split the town. And if you sit there and went, nah, I don't believe him, you'd be silly. It is silly to go all the way through life. And listen, you can hide. You can hide from God all through this life you want. The Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day, if you don't bow your knee in this lifetime and give your heart to Jesus Christ, one day you will bow in front of him. The Bible is very clear about that. And it can't be avoided. 
Look what the thief says in Luke 23. He says, don't you fear God even when you're dying? He looks at the other thief and said, why are you hurling insults at him? We're about to meet God. We're about to meet our maker. He knew enough. He, he, like I said, probably wasn't educated, probably didn't go to school. And if he did, if they had a school, he probably, you know, he, he didn't know much, but he knew this. When I die, I'm going to face God. And that's one thing you and I need to know. And we need to know with all assurance that when we die, we will face God. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, everyone must die once. And after that, be judged by God. Everyone is going to die. Why not prepare for it? See, and, and many go, well, what about purgatory? Well, for one, guys, it's not even in Scripture. You can't find purgatory in Scripture. And the Catholic Church came back because it was, it was popular a few centuries ago, and the Pope just, just 15 years ago said, you don't really need to believe in that anymore because it's not even in Scripture. And if anyone deserved to go to purgatory, it had to be this criminal hanging on the cross, had to be him because... And he had wasted his life all the way up to the point that he finds himself hanging by the Son of God. He's hanging here and he says, hey, Jesus, remember me, the shortest prayer, the shortest salvation prayer ever written in Scripture. Remember me. That's all he said. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Paradise is, is a picture of a garden. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. All he said was, remember me. He didn't give a lot of theological words. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't recite uh, the, the Apostles' Creed. He didn't do any of that. He didn't use magic words. There's a lot of preachers who think you've got to use all these pretty words, these church words, in order for God to hear your prayer. That's absolutely not true. All you have to do is say, Father, remember me. And you, it's a heart issue It's what it is. It's not magic words. It's not magic beans. It's just the fact that you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is. And Jesus said, I am God's son. I came to pay for your sin because somebody has to pay for your sin. You blew it just three minutes into your life. You did. When you began to cry and become very selfish as a baby, and I know babies are cute and you hate to think that they're selfish, but they're crying because they're selfish. They want to be fed. They want to be changed. They want something and they need somebody to take care of them. Listen, the, the anger that you have for, towards somebody, the, the guilt that you, 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 you bring from that, the anger, the, 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 the lust that you have, the, the stealing that you've done, you know, how many times did this criminal have to steal something to be a criminal? Just once. Just once. All he had to do is take something one time and he became a criminal. You know, James says if you've broken one law, you've broken all the laws. So I, I know many of you in here, you're good people. You know, and, and let's just do something for a minute. Let, let, let's say that, that you live a perfect life and that perfect life would equal a 100%. And let's say someone who doesn't live a good life is at 1%. Now, I would say Hitler is at 0%. He killed 6,000 Jews. Hitler was a heinous person. He was horrible. He was base. He was, let's give him zero, okay? So let's, let's put Hitler at zero. But let's put Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa on the streets of Calcutta. She fed a lot of hungry people. She loved God. She served God. She gave her life to, to serve other people. Let's say Mother Teresa gets an 85%. Okay, because even Mother Teresa knew that she had to have a Savior. His name's Jesus Christ. She knew that. She knew she had to have Jesus living in her heart. So let's put her at 85%. She's really good, okay? 
Now, me, let's pick me for an instance. Let's say I'm at a 15, okay? Because I believe you guys are twice as good as me. So I'm at a 15. I'd give you guys probably a 45, okay? On the scale of 100, 100 is perfect, you know? And and I'm a 15. Everybody out here, you guys are good people. You're at a 45. Who's going to make up the other percent? Who's going to make it up? Jesus is the only one who can make it up. See, it's like that you and I are standing at Baby Beach in California, and we're like, okay, if you want to be saved, you got to swim all the way to Hawaii, okay? So let's take off from Baby Beach. We're going to swim to Hawaii because that's heaven. I'm probably going to make it about 500 feet, right? I mean, I'm just, I'm out of shape. I'm going to start cramping up. I'm going to, you know... Jonathan, now Jonathan is, is, is in shape, he's, he's trim, I mean, there's not an ounce of fat on that dude. He may make it a mile. Some of you are going to drown at Baby Beach, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying, who's going to make up the gap? The price has to be paid. And Jesus paid the price. Well, what else did the thief need to know? And what else do you and I need to know? I must know that I've sinned against God. I've sinned against God. And so if I'm at a 15 and you're at a 45, we need someone to pay, I mean, to make up the difference. The only person that can make up the difference is Jesus Christ. Amen. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says we deserve to die for our evil deeds. That's one thief talking to the other thief. He said, listen, don't you know we deserve to die? You and I, what we've done, we deserve to die. We're criminals. We've done bad stuff. All of us in this room, you guys are good people. You're sitting at 45s, but listen, that's not 100%. And 100% gets into heaven. So why do you have to be perfect to get into heaven? Well, you and I aren't perfect. Heaven is perfect. And if we could get to heaven without being perfect, then heaven wouldn't be perfect. It'd be full of who we are now. But see, Jesus Christ came and he died on a cross, and that's what we celebrate Easter. That's what Easter is all about. Jesus Christ died on a cross because he paid my penalty. He was sinless. There is no sin in him, no deceit in him. He'll never lie. Satan will always lie to you. He will never tell you the truth because all he knows to do is lie. God cannot lie because he is truth. He can't lie. So, so Jesus comes, he was fully God, he was fully man, he came to pay the penalty of my sins because I'm at a 15, there's 85% of me that needs to be, I mean, to get to 100, there's, something's got to be made up, and Jesus Christ died in my place, he paid the penalty of my sin, and one day when I die, and I'm standing in front of God giving an account for my life, Jesus Christ is going to stand beside me, not because I'm a good guy, because I'm at a 15, you're at a 45, listen, I'm at a 15, I'm not very good. I'm, I'm just really a bad guy. But Jesus is going to stand beside me, and he's interceding. The Bible says he's interceding on your behalf every day. He's going to intercede for me that day because he's going to stand say to the Father, Father, he's one of mine because he asked me into his heart. And it's not going to be a surprise to God because God already knows it. But Jesus is going to be there interceding for me. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he paid my sin. The Bible says where there is no shedding of blood, there is no remission, meaning forgiveness. There is no forgiveness of sin. Blood had to be shed. He shed his blood in my place because someone's got to pay for my sins. It's either I let him pay for it or I pay for it. And I pay for it in eternity if I turn Jesus down. 
Look what the Bible says in Romans 6.23. We know this verse of Scripture, but it says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. It's a gift. It's a free gift. It wasn't free to Jesus Christ because it cost him his life, but it's a gift that he's given to us. What if your boss came into you on Friday? Say you get paid every Friday and your boss comes into you and says, man, I got something good for you today. Oh, I got a gift for you. And he hands you your paycheck. You're like, what? Sir, I, madam, I earned this. This is a wage that I earned. See, your paycheck's not a gift because you work for that. You earn it. But a gift is something you don't earn. What if he came in and said, I'm giving you a bonus of $5,000? You'd be like, whoo, sweet Jesus, it's a good Friday. I can't wait till the weekend. Because it's free, it's unearned, it's unmerited. The wages of sin, it's something you and I earn. You're good people, you just come up short. We're good people. But we need someone to make up that difference in that person is Jesus Christ. What else did they must know to be saved? I must know that Jesus is more than a man. Now, he was fully man, but he was fully God. It's a deity of Christ. It was a little unveiled when he's standing on the Mount of Transfiguration. He had uh, three of his disciples up there with him, and and Elijah and Moses show up, and Jesus having this conversation with them, and and they begin to see his glory being unveiled because, because his glory was masked while he's walking here as a man on the earth, right? But he was fully God, but he was fully man. He was tempted like you and I were. He was tempted. He was pressed. He got tired. But look what the thief said. He said, but this man has done nothing wrong. Now listen, this thief knew very little about a lot of things, but he knew enough to know that Jesus was more than a man. He knew enough to know that when I die, I will face God. He knew that he had sinned against God, but he knew that Jesus was more than a man. How many of you know this name? His name was Norman Burlog. Anyone know that name? Norman Burlog. Okay, I didn't think a lot would know that name. Do you realize that he is credited to saving over a billion people's lives? He saved your life. See, he, he worked for, um, uh, he was a scientist, and, and Norman Burlog just died a few years ago. Uh, really, about nine years ago, he died, and, and Norman Burlog, he, he worked for this thing. He was the founder of Bread for the World because he was a Christian. He'd given his heart to Jesus Christ. But he also was, he, he learned how to, to uh, uh, take food preservatives and put it in and help. And, and so they'd sent that down to, to uh, you know, third world countries and, and, and they would have longer food. And he, he was the one who did that. He, he earned a Nobel Peace Prize. He, he earned uh, the Presidential Award, of uh, Medal of Freedom. Uh, he was just one of six people to get three highly coveted awards that you can get. And Norman, Norman Burlog is credited, Newsweekly said he's credited for saving over a billion people's lives. And you know what? He never claimed to be Jesus Christ because he knew even he fell short. He saved a billion people's lives. He did a lot of good. He did a lot of things that were as good. But he still knew, I need a Savior. Listen, the Bible says, there's not a single person on earth who is always good and never sins. The Bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you and I are swimming to Hawaii and that's heaven, we're going to fall short because none of us can make it. 
But listen, Jesus comes along and he makes up the other part. Well, look what 2 Corinthians 5.21 says. God had Christ, who was sinless, take our sins so that we might receive God's approval through him. When I die and I'm standing in front of God, he's going to look at me and he's going to see his son, Jesus Christ. That's an amazing grace. We sing that song, and sometimes we just sing it, don't even think about it, but amazing grace, and that's what it is. What else did he need to know? He says, I must know that only God's grace can save me. You cannot save yourself. You cannot do enough good things. If anyone could save themselves, it would have been Norman Burlog, but even he knew he needed a Savior, and he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. He was credited for saving a billion people's lives. I mean, think about that. That's incredible when you think about it. A billion people's lives, but he knew he needed a Savior. The thief on the cross, he can't save himself. He, he couldn't climb off the cross and go work at a charity. He couldn't, he couldn't uh, 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 go get baptized. See, we got a lot of good brothers and sisters, and they're Christians, and they love God, but they believe that baptism saves you. Well, listen, nowhere in Scripture does it say that baptism saves you. Baptism is a picture of what's already happened on the inside of you. When, when Blakely just got baptized, she's giving a picture of what God has already done in her heart. When she prayed that, night, that Saturday night at her home and gave her heart to Jesus Christ, the Bible says that God stepped out of heaven and he steps into her heart and he lives there forever. He's living in her. The Holy Spirit's in her. Holy Spirit is in you. And so, listen, the thief on the cross, he couldn't climb off the cross and go get baptized. And it would have been pointless because baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is a picture. But listen, if you don't follow Christ in baptism and you give your heart to him, what you're saying is you're ashamed of the decision you made. You should follow Christ in baptism. You sh- this is, it's really truly the first step of obedience that any Christian makes. And when we don't, get, when we don't take that first step of, of obedience, what we're saying is I'm really ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm ashamed of the decision I made. That's what we're saying when we don't follow Christ in baptism. Baptism is a picture. It doesn't save you. I must know that only God's grace can save me. Look what the thief said. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That is the shortest prayer of repentance that you'll find in Scripture. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by his grace that you have been saved through faith. And this, not of yourself, it is a gift of God. It's silly to go all the way through life and not prepare for something that you know is coming. I must know Jesus will save me if I ask. Absolutely. The Bible says in Luke 23, 42, when you come into your kingdom, that's what the thief said. He said, listen, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. That's what he asked Jesus. He said, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. Acts 16, 31 says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and he will save you. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says he will save you. You can have assurance of your salvation by, listen, we don't get saved by our feelings. You know, some days you you wake up and go, I just don't feel like a Christian today. Well, you know, I, I understand because you can eat a burrito the night before and it can upset your stomach and you can wake up and not know how you feel, right? Listen, I can, I can, you can take a little blue pill or a pink pill or a yellow pill, whatever color the pill is, and it can change your mood in about an hour or 30 minutes. You know, we're just made up of chemicals. That's what we're made up of and they change. Sometimes the serotonin in my brain is a little bit different than when I wake up than it was the night when I go to sleep. 
We just change. So listen, don't base your salvation on a feeling. You base it on a fact, and the fact is, Jesus said, if you confess with your mouth, or the Bible says, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. That's the fact of the matter. If you believe with your heart, if you give your heart to Jesus Christ and believe, that's the fact. That's what we base our salvation on. Then my faith comes into after that. Then my feelings come after that. Sometimes we put our feelings at the very beginning of it and we go, I just don't feel like I'm safe today. Well, you probably don't, but that doesn't mean that you're not. What is the fact? The fact is scripture says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, how did the thief on the cross confess? He said, remember me. It's so easy, we just try and complicate it. It's not complicated. But it's silly if you don't prepare. So, how can I be sure I am saved? You can be sure because of the promise of God's word that we just talked about. But very quickly, look what Luke says. And the thief says again, Jesus said, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. The thief on the cross didn't say any of the the magic words that most preachers want you to pray. All he said was, remember me, and based upon some of my friends who are pastors in this association and around the state, and even in in different states, but based on some of them, you know, you got to say all these perfect words and these magic words and talk about this. They would say the thief wasn't even saved. But Jesus said, hey, today you will be with me in paradise. If remember me is good enough for Jesus Christ, then it's good enough for me too. It's you believing in who Jesus is. It's not the words, it's your heart. And the thief's heart was broken. And he said, listen, I'm about to meet God. And he looks at Jesus and says, would you please remember me? I'm about to die. The other thief on the other side said, man, if you, who you say you are, then do another magic trick and get us off this cross. And the interesting thing about this is the thief never said, Father, would you take the pain away from me? Father, would you help me get off the cross? Father, would you... You know, all he said was, I'm in a bad spot. Father, would you remember me? Jesus, would you remember me? There was a a Bible translator, and he went down to Ecuador, and he was translating the Bible. He was from Wycliffe Bible Translator, and and, uh, he went down to Ecuador to, he was trans, he was, um, um, you know, um, translating the Bible into their language. And so he was down there for eight years. And while he was down there, he was telling people, you know, sharing his faith, and he's trying to translate with them. And he got a call from Wycliffe, and they said, you've been there eight years. You need to come back for a furlough. You've been gone way too long. And so he had his plane to, to go back. And as he, was, as he was preparing to go back, he thought, there's a guy named Jose that I need to go visit one last time. So he goes to Jose, and he found out that Jose was in the hospital. He was deathly ill. And so the translator goes, and he says to Jose, he walks into his room. He says, Jose, it looks like you're about to die. And Jose was almost in a coma, didn't, couldn't really talk. And so the Bible translator said, Jose, if you can hear me, just answer me. He says, you know, do you have Jesus into your heart? 
kind of nodding. He said, do you want to know who Jesus, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? Jose went, see. He said, Jose, do you believe that Jesus is God's? And he, he just kind of walked, and every response that, that Jose gave was, see. So the Bible translator, he was done, prayed for Jose, knowing that he's going back to the States, never to see him again. As he's leaving, he thought to himself, I don't know if Jose understood me. He gave his heart to me, to, to, to God. I don't know. So he goes back, and he's back in the States for a couple of years. But he got the opportunity to go back to Ecuador. He's going back down. He's going to uh, see, follow up with his translation. As he goes down, he found that there was this little bitty church of 65 people, a thriving little church. And he gets there and he's like, wow, what missionaries came and, you know, how did, how did you start a church and, and what, what religious group brought a missionary? And they're going, oh, no, no, we didn't have a missionary. You remember Jose? He got well. And he got a Bible. And he began to preach to us. And 65 of us had given our heart to Jesus Christ. And all Jose knew to say was, see, See, we make it so hard and it doesn't have to be hard. It's a hard issue. How do you know you're saved? It's immediate. How do you know when you have salvation or how can you be assured of your salvation? Well, you can be assured for one thing that this is immediate when you give your heart to Jesus Christ because Jesus looked at the thief and he said, today, not tomorrow. Not, you don't go to purgatory, then go. No, it's not even in scripture. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. Paul said to be present with the Lord is to be absent this body. I mean, it's an immediate thing. It is certain because Jesus looked at the thief and he said, you will be with me in paradise. It's a relationship that we have with God. It's a personal relationship. Not personal that, well, I don't want to share with anybody. It's a personal thing. It kind of freaks me out when people go, well, it's a personal thing about my, my. if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, it is personal, but you should be telling other people because Jesus looked at the thief and said, today you be with me. And it's forever. See, many of us think that best, most of us are going to get 100 years we have some in this church, 102, 103, 105. I mean, at best, we're going to have 100, 105 years on this earth. And heaven is forever. Never ends. And we do more preparing in this life than we do the next life. When can I be saved? This is the hour to receive God's favor. Today is the day. To be saved. Today is the day to be saved. If you're listening with us today and you've never given your life to Jesus and you need help, you can come up to the church or call the church and someone will be happy to walk you to the point of salvation. Thank you again for listening to today's audio sermon. This past Sunday's service can be viewed in entirety on Facebook. You can find and like us by searching FBC Shakota. We will be live streaming again this upcoming Sunday if you're not able to make it to our service. If you're listening to us today and you do not have a church home, we'd love for you to join us on Sunday mornings at 945 for Sunday school and 1055 for worship. For more information and previous sermons, please check out our website at shakotafbc.com or you can download our church app by searching in your app store, church app-tithely. 
Thank you again for listening to us today. This has been First Baptist Church of Shakota's audio sermon. Remember, love people, love God, and serve both. Have a blessed day.